Welcome to the Morecast, presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful Lower Downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of a dairy block. Uh, wine. I've been talking about wine for a year and three months now. Uh, it's it, You know at this point that Blanchard is my favorite place to go in Denver, Colorado. And uh, why don't you go out there now? For safe, socially distanced outdoor tables that you can dine in at, or you could do a virtual wine tasting that you could book online at bfwdenver.com if you uh, are like me and you still can't uh, go out and venture out and uh, uh, do all that stuff until there's, you know, it's safe to do so. I mean, there's multiple options, and I highly suggest that you take advantage of it. Uh, Blanche is one of my favorite places in Denver. Uh, I love red wine. Cabernet, uh, Pinot, but mostly Cabernet. They're, they had a 2017 Cabernet, which I don't know is still there anymore. You'll have to check their website. Uh, that was harvested during a fire in 2017. So it's kind of have a smoky bite to it, and it's really good. It's one of my favorite uh, you know, varieties of their wines. But everything they have is good. Uh, they have a Riesling from a partnership with a Western Slope winery called Storm Cellars. Basically, they are just your one-stop shop for anything you need with wine. And I highly encourage you go there and check them out. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. And you can find, you, when you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you there. I'd also like to talk to you about my friend Andy Feinstein at, at Exto Event Center. Please support our friends at Exto Event Center. They are located in Denver's vibrant Rhino Arts District. Uh, Denver Exo Event Center can host safe, socially distanced events for up to 25 to 175 persons outdoors and uh, up to 100 persons indoors. If you are interested in hosting an event for a corporate gathering, fundraiser, client appreciation, birthday, or anniversary party, or basically a morale-boosting happy hour, which is, let's face it, we all need right now, Exto would love, welcome to be part of it now. Please visit extoevents.com for more information and book your private event today. Uh, we've already had Game 1 in the Nuggets Western Conference Series against the Los Angeles Lakers, um, and I am not going to get into a the refs want the Lakers to win thing. I I'm not, I'm just, I don't have the mental energy to go into that. It's, it's not something that, uh, affects me in my way of viewing these things. Some things are truisms in the NBA and you just got to deal with them. You got to fight them. You got to play extra perfect. You got to fight. One thing is very true is that this Nuggets team really doesn't believe that they have to wait. This is a team that really believes they are ascendant, um, and which is great. You want the attitude like that. Um, you want the fight. What impressed me was after getting down, uh, the Nuggets kept fighting. And you know, look, it was a twelve-point game uh, by the end of the end of the game. The Nuggets' issues were largely transition, um, but there was this issue of the second quarter. Um, this is the only thing I'll say about that, and I kind of going to go on a rant here. Now, the NBA has an issue sometimes with officials uh, getting too whistle-heavy. 
And it, what it does, what it serves to do, like with any other sport, is it just grinds the game to a complete halt. What happened in the second quarter on Friday was the game was no longer entertaining. Uh, we had a supremely entertaining first quarter. The first quarter was um, well played. It was exciting. Nuggets led by two going into the second quarter. But it wasn't because they led by two. It's just it was a free-flowing exciting game where both offenses were performing really well. And it's just one of those things that happened. Um, The second quarter was a foul fest. The Nuggets were called for 16 fouls in in the quarter. And what happens when you have that many foul calls is it grinds the game to paste. And it becomes uh, just unwatchable. Now, one of my big issues with the Houston Rockets has always been James Harden's reliance on free throws, getting to the foul line, finding those angles to where he can get cheap points, basically. Um, and what happened in the second quarter was a an example of cheap points. Uh, and it was, it's fine what it is, whether legitimate or not, I don't care. It was not entertaining. Uh, anyone who watched uh, Game 6 of the 2002 Western Conference Finals knows how uh, grinding a multi-fouled quarter can be. You know, forget that it's one-sided. If you are just an average sports fan, if you're just someone who's coming in just like, you know what, I'm going to watch the Western Conference Finals tonight, and you clicked in at the second quarter, you would think the product in the NBA is the worst it's ever been. That's how bad it was. And I think, I hope, and I hope, the NBA cares about its entertainment product. Because it was, it was, it was so unentertaining, so stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, that it became awful to watch. You know? And the Nuggets went into the, the second half down 11, and... What it did was it got Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray out of the game, and it really altered the way they had could, could play the rest of the game. But what the for, with putting all the Nuggets issues with well, the way the game was uh, officiated aside, this was a painful to watch. And I, I, for all the complaints about '90s basketball, I don't remember a game ever getting ground into dust. Like this game did. I mean, yeah, it happened in the 2002 Western Conference, which is like when the the Lakers shot 26 free throws in the fourth quarter. Um, You know, look, the Lakers shot 32. It was insane. It was just, it was ridiculous. And it was not entertaining. You don't ask for people to swallow their whistles, right? You want it to be done in a way that doesn't interrupt the flow of the game. And the flow of the game was just completely altered. Um, had nothing to do with Dwight Howard. Had nothing to do with uh, anyone else. You know, look, if I'm a Lakers fan and I'm watching this game, I'm thinking, God, this is just sucks. This game sucks. You never want officials to be prominent by multiple foul calls, Right? 
And I think that this is an example of what I would call over-officiating. Um, if you look at the discrepancy in free throws, it's, I mean, in foul calls, it's not, it's not huge. But what happened in the game was a, what I would call an example of a quarter impacting the rest of the game. The game was forever altered at literally at the beginning of the second quarter. Whistle, 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 whistle through the entire quarter. If someone went back and timed the second quarter as opposed to the first, third, and fourth, I'm sure you would find the game, that the fourth, the second quarter was at least 10 minutes longer than any other quarter. And it was just unbearable to watch. And I hope, my hope and pray, that the NBA is looking at this thinking, we got to not have a, a over-officiated quarter like this. Because all it did was make the game unbearable. Um, there are ways to officiate a game where the team is being the aggressor. Absolutely. <clears throat> but you don't want foul after foul after foul after foul after foul. 16 foul calls against the Denver Nuggets in that. That's not counting the Lakers fouls, which I think there was at least five. So we're looking at 21 foul calls or up. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> that's absolutely insane. Think about all the stoppages in play. That's NFL-esque stoppages in play. And we all complain about how long NFL games are. But look at that. Look at how much that affected the game. How much it, it just made it a grind. And, and like I said, people talk about how the 90s basketball was a grind. That's only because he played slower. And it was a much more a half-court game, right? Look at, uh, but, but you look at the whistle. They didn't blow the whistle constantly back then. And that's because a lot of the things that are called a foul now are, you know, weren't called a foul back then. And while I agree there's trade-offs here, and I wouldn't want to go back to 75 to 82 scores, um, there is something to be said with the fact that you let them play. And the whistle's supposed to be less quick in the playoffs, and that was a quick whistle in the second quarter. And it was weird because it was the second quarter, and it completely altered the game, fundamentally altered the game. And it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. And I don't, I, I'm hoping, beyond hope, that just for the sake of the product, the NBA looks at that game too and thinks that we can't do that again. Can't do that again. Uh, we cannot rely on the whistle to, uh, to mid, you know, Alter the flow of the game. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen again tonight. Before I tell you, give you a preview of game two of the Western Conference Finals, Nuggets versus Lakers, I'd like to talk to you about DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm sure it was nice seeing teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend, last weekend. Luckily, that was just one week. There's no better place to get in on the action than DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add into the excitement of Week 2, 
DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, please head to the app now and you won't want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users a chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's it. Any team. That's right. You can place $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins, you can cash in a cool Benjamin. How would you like? How could you pass that up? It's a nice little guarantee for you if you're the betting kind. And uh, obviously, if you're the betting kind, there's no better place to place those bets than DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated top DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code MHS when you sign up and this, to this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week two, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That is $1 to win $100 when you use, draft, use the promo code MHS and sign up. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions re- apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We are now at a point where... Um, this isn't a pivot. I mean, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, people should be done counting out the nuggets. Um, adjustments. Uh, Michael Malone is known, not known to be quick on adjustments. Uh, I expect the nuggets to run back the same starting lineup. Um, the only thing they can do is if they're going to run back the same starting lineup is to, Try to get back in transmission more. Transition, not transmission. Um, try. It's going to be hard. Uh, I'll be honest with you. The Nuggets starting lineup is not conducive to that sort of thing. It's not exactly their quickest lineup. And what the Nuggets run out there for a starting lineup is a half-court slow team. And relying on slowness to slow down the Lakers is not going to work. Um, You can't do that. Um, this this Lakers team runs off of makes, and they get up the floor like the Nuggets of old used to do, right? Even after uh, in the '80s, Nuggets used to run off of makes too. Um, Michael Malone is probably going to have to learn that his lineup, his starting lineup, is too slow to to be getting back on in transition, and. Look, I'm not the coach, but if I was going to make a change, I would put Michael Porter Jr. in the starting lineup. Now you're thinking, Jeff, they tried that before. You're just an MPJ stand, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing. You don't have to play him a ton of minutes. But the Nuggets' agility was completely off. And yes, due to that second quarter, things were not looking good um, and were forever altered problem the Nuggets are having is that they are a very they are a very slow team getting you back, and a lot of that's Millsap and Jokic. Um, I would play MPJ at the four, have Jeremy Grant at the three, Gary Harris at the two, take Gary Harris out early, replace him with Torrey Craig, and then when Rondo comes in, have Gary on Rondo to uh, disrupt his uh, passing, or or Tory. Tory, people forget this about Tory Craig. Um, he's very good at defending smaller players than him. He's about six foot seven, right? He's good at those 
um, guarding those uh, smaller uh, players. Uh, he always has been. In fact, putting him in the San Antonio series last year uh, shut com- Derek White down completely, and Derek White's a smaller player than Tory. Uh, that was a perfect example of that. So that is what I would do. Have Gary guard Rondo. Uh, don't worry about Caruso. He's, he's just don't worry about Caruso. Uh, and as far as Davis goes, look, that's not a matchup that the Nuggets are going to win, um, with any other players. Just, it's just one of those things. And you can't have Jokic guard him only because of foul trouble. If you start off with a smaller lineup, you get JaVale McGee out of there. Right. Don't worry about Dwight Howard either. All he's doing is trying to get into Jokic. That's all he's doing. I mean, his uh, and and it disrupted Jokic in that second quarter and got him a little frazzled. And Jokic reacted to it. I expect Jokic to behave completely differently. Um. And in this in game two, it's just the way it's going to be. And I expect this game to be much closer. I don't know if the Nuggets will win, but I expect the game to be closer. Uh, regardless of whether Malone makes adjustments, which he won't. Let's just, people need to accept this right now. Malone will not make adjustments. He is the slowest to adjust in the NBA. He just, he's just one of those coaches. So, that is where we're at. I expect Nuggets to play better, but their problem with getting, and it's really, I mean, I mean, Davis is a problem. It's Davis and the transition. So, where, what you're looking at with this team is transition buckets, um, are and the fat and the speed with which the, the Lakers attack is something that the Nuggets can't come back to because of their starting lineup. They're just so slow. They're they're just slow. Millsap's not a runner. Jokic is not a runner. Uh, Grant is okay. Uh, Harris is faster. Uh, Jamal's not exactly fleet of foot, but he's okay. That's just the way the starting lineup is. Right, you're going to be attacked in transition that way problem the Nuggets have is that as good as they are in the half court and the Lakers are equally as terrible in half court offense. I mean, just put it to you that way. The Lakers are awful in half court offense. Think about this. They are very, not, I wouldn't say awful, but they're very mediocre. They're not very efficient. When you bog them down, it's, it's easy to do it. But the problem is they're very good at transition and the Nuggets have not practiced running since George Carl was here. So they don't have that in their bag, so to speak. They're slow. And there is where the Nuggets are suffering. However, I believe in this game coming up tonight that the Nuggets can bog the Lakers down enough to where this game is close at the end. I, I really believe that. Because every game, aside from this this last game where the Lakers won by 12 and were up by 25 at one point. The, uh, every other game was close in the regular season, except for the one LeBron didn't play. But every other game was close. And that is really where these teams are. That's where they reside. And that's kind of what I pointed out in the Clippers series. These teams always play close games. Well, same thing with the Lakers. It's not a huge, huge difference in the way they play. The problem is the Nuggets weren't ready for the transition, and uh, even despite being warned by it, and that's not on Malone, that's on the players. Um, so I expect the Nuggets to be ready for it this time, 
despite the deficiencies of their of fleet of footness of their second, first unit. But I expect them to do better. I expect Jokic. Yeah, here's something some people need to 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 figure out. Um, Nick Herzog of Denver Steph said the same thing. Uh, they didn't exactly quote stop Jokic and Murray. If it wasn't for the foul trouble, both of those guys would have had over thirty points, right? It was it was literally the foul trouble that that limited them. So uh, I expect both to have have good games. It's, it, you know, Dwight Howard wasn't stopping Nikola Jokic. It was just being petty, and that's what uh, that's basically what Dwight Howard does now is that he does that and gets slops. That's it. That's where Dwight's been reduced to. So, if Jokic doesn't react, Nuggets will be fine. I fully expect Game 2 to be much better than Game 1. All right, folks. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be back real soon with a Gen X movie show. Goodbye.